All right, hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Creecast. Thanks for listening. As always, this is David. Um, doing a little, just a quick little recording here. I don't know, 15, 20 minutes. Anyone that listens regularly knows that when I predict a time at the start, it rarely holds to it. But um, being previews, you know, it's just, it's a little bit more speculation rather than actually talking about events that have happened. So um, we'll, we'll see how I go on holding to that. Um, I don't want to keep you too long though. But um, something I'm, I, you know, I'll do this now and then probably forget for the next 10 episodes. But if you enjoy the podcast, all that stuff, the the standard stuff the podcasters do, um, appreciate any you know reviews or ratings or whatever on Apple Podcasts, or if your podcast listener of choice has the ability to do so, that'd be great. Um, you know, I'm not doing this for fame or fortune or anything like that. It's just a, something I enjoy to do, and I have passion for the club and all that stuff. So, um, but it does help get it out there. I think I don't know, you know, metrics, algorithms, all that stuff that happens on the internet that I have a bare a base knowledge of at best. Um, but yeah, appreciate that if you can, if you want to, uh, if you don't enjoy the podcast and hate it. And don't do that because you'll uh, just, you know, if you enjoy it, I want to give it a five star. Fan fucking tastic. If you don't enjoy it, just, um, you know, I don't know why you're listening in the first place, but don't do the review thing. Anyway, let's get cracking into talking about what's going on this weekend. All right, so yes, we're traveling across the MCG. Um, one of few opportunities through the year that we get to play at the MCG, which is always uh, a great occasion as you obviously hope to be playing your last match of the year at the pointy end of the finals at the MCG as well. Uh, and we're playing Richmond this week, which uh, is an intriguing matchup considering the massive news around Richmond this week and kind of where they're at and all that stuff. We'll talk about that a little bit, although, you know, as it pertains to match, you know, you can draw your conclusions about what you think, the effect of, you know, these the, the interim coach effect, the first-time coach, you know, new manager, you know, we always call it a new manager boot, um, boost in uh, the Premier League and whatever if you, because, you know, managers and coaches are, sacked every second week in the Premier League at times. It feels like certainly this year was one of those years. Um, so it's an interesting kind of side note to it. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's two two footy sides um, in where they are in form. And it's kind of up to you to bring the form. I think it's up to, you know, up to us in this instance, uh, our Yatapuldi footy club for the second week in a row, which is wonderful, celebrating Sir Doug, Doug Nichols around. Um, but, yeah, it's up to us to kind of, you know, shield from that noise and, and rise above it, really. You know, it's it's still, if you come in with the form, especially playing the way we did last week against uh, against Melbourne, against Nam, um, if we play like it, it can keep that kind of pressure and standard uh, and, and particularly the uh, directness and confidence in our skills, then, um, you know, all that sideshow stuff about this week um, becomes a little bit more, you know, null and void, really, if we can bring our best, uh, you know, somewhere near our best footy. You know, it's, you're never operating at 100% all the time. That's the reality of professional sports. You're going to have your lulls, and uh, we certainly saw it last week. But, you know, stuff like this, the sideshow of, you know, Matt, uh, coaches stepping down, and particularly, you know, a pretty big-time coach in Dimmer and what he did for that footy club, um, you know, that that is a storyline that goes into the match. But, you know, my firm belief in all of this stuff is, I have superstitions when it comes to footy. I'm I'm very much an atheist in belief systems and all that kind of stuff. But I I stupidly I worry about those things, even though I don't believe that they actually have any effect. You know, I've been a sports fan for so long. I've died, you know as a younger man, I had my superstitions about you know when I was watching Liverpool and at all hours of the night, I always had David Guinness. Um, and then Liverpool did terribly anyway. And I start and then I started getting older and realized I can't keep drinking Guinness in the middle of the night when I'm working and, and creating an adult life and they're doing terrible anyway. So why am I doing this? And all these kind of things, you know, um, kind of went by the wayside yet. 
Weirdly, I still worry about it. I'm going to go into this week's match because that's what we are. We do as sports fans. We we all know the reality of the situations, and we we most of us, you know, depending on which section of Twitter you dive into, sometimes you don't have a firm grip on reality. But generally, most level-headed sports fans have a firm grip on reality as far as you know the reality of what's going to happen with your team. But then we all are romant- romantics about our teams and hope for de- you know the belief in destiny of our teams if they're going well and and all that stuff and then and then we see something like happen with midweek with Dimmer stepping down we start worrying about it even though we know it shouldn't have any tangible effect and likely will not um but you know there's it could be a psychological boost for Richmond and all that stuff but you know we we only have to go back to round three unfortunately with the the showdown and wearing the prison bars to know that that stuff only goes so far you've actually got to perform on the day and and all that stuff so with that in mind um, though, you know, I full respect to Dimmer and uh, to Damien Hardwick and what he did at Richmond and and certainly what Richmond have done to, to entrench themselves at the top of the AFL again after kind of, you know, being, you know, a well-supported club but failing in the objectives of being a club, you know, really contending. And even uh, to the point of backing Dimmer at a time when, you know, he was his head was firmly entrenched you know he was on the chopping block and the 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 uh executioner was you know putting his hood on and and sharpening the blade um he was ready that you know 2016 didn't go well but you know all that stuff the history that goes there and and what richmond have done and and the club they've been and and the way they played footy and and all that stuff over the past you know five six years has been something that we as a club should be you know aspiring to and then certainly you know all the jibes from opposition fans aside We've tried to put those bullish statements out there. Have they gone well yet? No, but you know, I while I agree that there's a certain point that you got to you got to be realistic in your expectations. I do also like that Port followed a similar mantra and just this is what we expect and and you know whether the the actions of what they're doing to try to achieve that uh, replicates the the um, the what they said about winning you know three premierships in five years or whatever. Um, but I like having expectations. So you know, there's a lot of respect to what Richmond did and. And certainly the players that go out there this week um, will be, uh, you know, wanting... There'll be there'll be a pride in themselves to, even though Dimmer's not there and all that stuff, that you know, they're going to want to try and um, back the new coach in and show him that, you know, that, that there's, some, there's still something there for this season and, and going forward for them as well. But again, as I said, I've been rambling for the first five minutes, really. Just kind of preambling the uh, the getting into the, the teams and all that stuff, but um, it is just an interesting side note to the week. You know, it's um, it's often you know Port seem to often get the uh, some of these games. I think we we uh, was it Pendlebury's three hundredth game. I reckon we played we beat Collingwood in that. It was like three hundredth to two fiftieth, but I reckon it was three hundredth. I reckon it was a COVID year that Pendlebury had his three hundredth game and and Port played in that one and. Um, and obviously Burgoyne's 400th game, which there was a romantic sense to that too, being his two clubs um, were part of that one. And and then now we we get the uh, the the you know Dimmer the 13 year or in, into his 14th season head coach um, stepping down after an incredibly successful period. Also, you know his history as a Port Adelaide player is certainly um, certainly well remembered. His contributions in Grand Final Day in 2004 were. Uh, really key you know i talked about the dark arts a little bit last week with the port and how they managed with gorn and you know hardwick played a similar role and 
um, 2004 and, and being the disruptor and, and, and playing a little bit of that role and um, antagonizing and all that stuff. And he was a key part to that, you know, a key part, you know, teams win premierships, but you know, teams are made up of individuals that you're, you're utilizing every skill they have. And while Dimmer was obviously a very skilled player as well, but, you know, his, uh, his ability to get under the skin of the opposition was so, you know, it is interesting that we are, the, for him stepping down, his last two teams essentially that he's had a major role in as far as a head coach in his last team, last team as a head coach and his last team as a player, Port versus Richmond, is the game this week. So it's all interesting. It's all an interesting sideshow. But as I said, um, somewhere in the middle of this, I made my point and then started rambling again. Um, it all only counts for so much. And I think what Port need to do is rise above all that and, and show that, um, you know, it's a, da- a bit of a danger game because Richmond had been hitting a little bit. I thought they were starting to improve a little bit over the past few weeks. Um you know, and that, that little comeback from Essendon last week kind of probably demoralized them a little bit and maybe it was the last straw for Dimmer. But I th- I thought they had been just starting to get a little bit of that form back. You know, Dusty was start- has been starting to play a little bit better. Um, so there is a danger game element to this even before we look at all the, you know, Dimmer leaving stuff. So we'll have a look at the teams now. Alrighty, so our Port boys, our Yatsapulti boys, I'll have a look at them first. Um, and it's been an interesting week at the selection tables, obviously. Um, now, this wasn't a surprise to me, and I was actually surprised to see some of the surprise out there and, on social media about um, Port's selections, or in this case, just uh, focusing on this one first, the non-selections of Charlie Dixon and Todd Marshall. Now, Charlie, where Charlie Dixon's concerned, an aging body, um, the PCL injury, and then the quad strain that's connected to that. Um, I'm not surprised there, because I think, you know, we've we've been managing the forward line's been running all right. Obviously, I think Charlie Dixon is such... I am, you know, I'm one of his biggest defenders as far as how underappreciated he's been at times in the structure. Yeah, he misses some kicks. You know, he kicks three goals three or, you know, five goals four or whatever in, you know, his bigger performances. Or sometimes he kicks two goals four. Yeah, his aim is never been the best but sometimes he can be dead eye dick um one day and 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 no eye dick the next i don't know he's just he's he, he can be but he, i think he's actually been quietly pretty decent over the past couple of years he has his bad days but um but what he does for the structure and 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 his bullish you know and i think the last couple of years considering his ruck um involvements i think port fans have really started to appreciate him more but you know opposition fans still like to um you know crow about how shitty he is and and how much we how much of a waste of time it's been for Port, but where in reality he's got an all Australian jumper as a Port Adelaide player and um, has been pretty pretty key to our forward line structure for the last five years. Um, so we we do miss him, but we can we showed last week we I mean even the Kangaroos game I think we had fourteen different individual goal scorers. Um, we've started to find different avenues to goal. Obviously, Ollie Lord's come in and and, and kind of ha- throws a bit of that Charlie Dixon weight around, whilst also being a you know a bit of a, di- a different player anyway. Um, but he's showing some confidence despite his youth as far as games played in the AFL goes. And uh, and you know I kind of think that they've looked at Lord and what he's done the last few weeks. He's he popped up with a couple of goals last week, even though he's fairly well held, but he still managed to find a way to goal. Um, and they just trust that with him, Finlayson, you got Rioli coming back in, um, which I'll get to as well. I just think that they they know that they can get, they don't need to risk Dixon at this point, and and we shouldn't. Um, he's going to be far more important to get these little niggles right, right, uh, going down the stretch of the season. If we are going to have a finals run, you want Dixon fit. 
Um, and and it's, these kind of injuries can carry on if you keep trying to push through them. Um, if it is nothing serious and it's just a bit of a strain on the PCL and then he's, it's led to a quad strain and all that stuff, then we need to treat it with the care and, and make sure that, you know, we've got a buy coming up after next week. You know, I wouldn't be surprised. I You know, if Dixon was 50-50 this week, then maybe they'll give him a run next week. But if everything's going right around the squad and they, they think they can get him another week off, I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see him until after the buy. And that goes for Todd Marshall too. I think, uh, and this is a, another one I was surprised. Like, I guess a lot of people still don't, uh, haven't looked into concussions too much. It's not like I've done a ton of research. I just did a bit of, I did a, um, a university project on concussions in the NFL like 10, 12 years ago. I did, I had to do a, um, I was doing a public speaking, argumentative speaking class. What was argument? What was the title of it? Defensive speaking? It was, it was basically a class where you, you bring up, you have to argue a thesis in front of, you know, verbally. And, um, it's essay writing, but verbal, you know, speech writing. Um, and I was intrigued. I had moved to the US for college in 2009 and I was intrigued by because the, the concussion stuff was starting to really pop up at around that time. You know, the, the class actions there for the NFL, the 400 whatever players and, and all that stuff. And I was intrigued by it. So I looked into it more and, and certainly I was watching hockey at the time and Sidney Crosby, um, one of the greats of the National Hockey League, an all-time great player, um, he actually spent, I think he might have been a season or two in the end, out of the out of hockey. He's playing now. He's he's mid thirties now, and he's he's you know been, had hundreds and the, you know just countless countless games. But he did spend a significant period of time out of the sport after um, getting. Um, a couple, sorry, my computer popped up with a message. I thought I I thought I hadn't been recording for a couple of minutes there. I was about to lose my mind, but it was just. Um, my computer bringing up a message, but it's been recording. I think I'll check after. Um, you won't hear any of this if if I have to do any editing. But if I don't, then you probably will. Um, but yeah, he spent a couple of years out of the NHL, essentially a season or two, I think. And it was basically when you get two concussions in such a short amount of time. The first one's a concussion. Your brain swells swells a bit. You know, brain swelling is part of concussion. Um, I think at a you know at a very layman's level. Um, I'm sure there's more scientific to whatever goes on, but it's a little, it's a, essentially a bit of swelling uh, from how I understand it. Um, and then if you get a concussion shortly after that one, your brain, even though it's you know it started to recover a bit and the concussion symptoms are gone, and for all intents and purposes, you can go about your business as normal. But for athletes, if you get a secondary, if you get another concussion after that, the internally the brain is still kind of dealing with you know physically scar tissue wise or whatever. Again, I'm probably not explaining it exactly right, but I hope I'm getting it kind of right. Um, but how I understand it is the brain basically reacts worse the second the secondary concussion. So soon, you know, if you, you know, in the weeks after um, that first one, will the concussion symptoms going to be worse? And there's going to be a bit more swelling, and you've got to take it. You've got to treat it with a lot more care. So, Mark, as soon as he went down with that second concussion, my immediate thoughts was: best case, we're not going to see him for a few weeks. Worst case, <laughs> we've got a. I'm not trying to put any alarms in, but we've got to be understanding if Port take, if there is anything lingering there, Port might take a, have to take, especially in the current landscape of the AFL, um, there'll be a conservative measures taken. You, I wouldn't, I, I don't expect to see Marshall until at least after the bye. Um, and I, I would hope that Port actually treat it with a little bit more, you know, I want Marshall back as soon as possible because I think he's a great, you know, he's been doing great for us the last year and a half, 18 months. Um, but with two concussions in sh- such a short amount of time, um, I mean, we saw, you know, Paddy McCartan when his head just touched the turf in the Sydney game um, and how much that affected him and how many concussions he's had. 
you know, concussion upon concussion upon concussion becomes a very severe issue. And um, yeah, so Marshall being out wasn't a surprise for me at, at all either. And I think um, it, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. This is purely speculative for me. I don't have any sources at the club or anything like that. I'm a fan doing a podcast that a few people listen to and I appreciate you. But um, just my understanding of concussions and, and certainly what I think we need to be doing with players that are suffering from concussions going forward, we need to take a very conservative approach and make sure every single T is crossed and I is dotted. Um, you know, not you know, if there's a hundred of them, you're gonna make sure each each metric in that hundred is is ticked off. Especially when a player's now had multiple. You know, one you kind of go, oh, hopefully it's just the one. But once they're starting to um, tick up a couple, you've really got to take some extreme care and. You know, maybe Marshall needs to go with that. I, you know, sometimes I'm surprised that McCartan doesn't wear the head the headgear. I don't know if that actually how much help that actually gives. Um, but you know, it'd be interesting to see if we see Marshall start wearing the headgear. I don't know. Maybe it's the right way to go. I don't know if it does that much protection at all because you know the brain is bouncing around in there rather than you know. But maybe it helps soften some impact. I don't know. Anyway, those two selections, uh, those two non-selections, so actually were not um, a major surprise for me. Probably the one that um, I guess is not surprising after last week and what we saw with the uh, Jack Viney hit and Boak, but I guess when the you know all signs seemed to be that there was no you know overall you know there was no structural damage and you know but it was basically pain related and and we've had the late change that Boak is out of the side um, with the, those ribs again, which is unfortunate because it's just the last probably you know three to four weeks uh, prior to that was starting to really hit his stride again after you know coming to the seat starting slow due to that injury so um bit of a bit of a fuck um bit of a fucking annoyance that uh you know viney gets away with that snipe and um and and a weird 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 uh way that the match review officer handles handles stuff like that you know depending on the injury if that was his head, if Boke's head viney would be out for a month but anyway um Nevertheless, uh, we have Boke out as well, um, out of the side from last week. Uh, alongside uh, is um, Frank the Tank is um, is admitted as well, and uh, obviously Jonas was suspended. Um, so Jackson Mead, I think, is coming into the side uh, alongside... Oh, God, let me if I can find my notes here. Yeah, so Jackson Mead's into the side, having been last week's sub, um, and he came on when Boke went off, so he's come in. You can call that a straight swap. And obviously we've got uh, we've got um, uh, Junior Rioli and uh, Lockie Jones coming to the side as well. Uh, it's interesting, Evans. I think Evans has had a pretty good. He's been pretty handy uh, for Port. Although last week was a bit of one of those tougher games, and I am glad to see Lockie Jones get a shot again. Um, you know, he, I thought he was pretty. I liked his game in round one against Brisbane, and obviously the next two because I think this is his first game uh, since possibly the showdown. Um, so you know he kind of was part of those those rough couple of weeks, and then he then he's been then back in the sandful since. But he plays a you know with the, kind of doing a little bit of reshuffle with Boke out and um, and Evans out as well. I think and um, obviously Jonas being suspended it means we're probably going to see you know Burton's been playing a little bit of the forward role the last couple of weeks. Um, but you know he's probably going to have to be back at you know back in the back line a little bit more again uh, with uh, obviously um, the the suspension to Jonas. So. You know, Lockie Jones comes in and can play a little bit more of that swingman. You know, he plays a little bit of the forward role, um, and he can go down back if need be as well. Um, so he kind of comes in as a little bit of a versatile swingman. Obviously, Junior Rioli up in the forward line. 
Um, without having actually looked at the weather forecast myself, I've just seen people talking about the possible, you know, chance of wet weather. So, you know, this isn't one of those games talking about, you know, the tall forwards we don't have available and all that stuff and people, you know, wondering about our, our height again in this one. Obviously, we handled it pretty well last week um, in similar conditions. If it is wet and a little bit shitty as far as the weather goes and, you know, kind of going in in a similar vein to last week, obviously some forced changes aside, um, it's probably a smart move. Um, the emergency, so one one of T- Prince Eagle, Francis Evans, uh, Jay's Burgoyne, and Hugh Jackson will be um, the the uh, sub, which will obviously be named um, before the match. But be cool. I, I don't think Hugh Jackson will be the sub, but it's nice to see that his um, you know form. I think he's been pretty, doing pretty decently down at the Magpies level. Um, he's one of our draft picks. Uh, the year before last, um, he's 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 developed along really well actually, and um, he's getting his. You know, I don't think he's actually going to be named to the side, but it's a it's a good sign of his progression that um, he's been named in the emergencies, um, and certainly just a good sign for him that where where he's going with his footy. Um, otherwise, yeah, like Richmond are a side that uh, obviously I was just talking about what, what Richmond are doing this week. Um, they've had they've had a late change as well. They've, um, Nick Fluston has had the um, he's got a corked thigh or something like that uh, from last week's match. Um, Thompson Dow and Judson Clark are out. They're bringing uh, they're bringing uh, a couple of younguns back into the, back into the side. Ben Miller and Tyler Young, uh, both who played at the VFL level last week. Um, I think Miller um, had have had a few hitouts, uh, kicked the winning goal for him last week as well. So um, he's coming in there to get, give him some height and some and probably help out Nankervis a little bit. Um, but you know, this is if Melbourne, you know, Richmond, the way they've played in the past. Um, kind of revolutionized, you know, kind of revolutionized at least for the last five years um, how AFL footy's been played. And you see Melbourne kind of be come up and be one of the standard standard setters as well. And and look, what we've shown, I think, the last few weeks of footy is that we can our brand of footy and how we play, how we move the ball and how we can defend um, the, our opposition and then move the ball through to our forward line and find some different avenues to go. Um, Obviously, overcome the the lack of uh, the lack of domination, or even even oh, we're competitive, but you know we're just, we're just losing the 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 hit out battle. But we've started to show that we can match it with these teams a little bit better rather than we have probably the last couple of years. And um, you know, considering that Richmond aren't the team they were, uh, obviously um, after twenty twenty, this is one of those games that I I actually. While there's that little bit of danger factor, I think going to the MCG is obviously, um, you know, it's, we're playing Richmond over there. Um, that's like their home ground. But we had a pretty good battle with them last year there, and I think we were actually unlucky to lose over there last year. I think it was the match before the bye last week, last year as well. Um, this year, I think we're in even better touch. Uh, and current, currently, obviously, you know, I think last year when we played them, we're probably just starting to see the, ro- the rise of Rosie through the midfield. Obviously, Butters is you know, double the player he was last year at least. Um, and he's not that he was, wasn't that bad last year either. Um, and where Richmond are versus where we are, it's the kind of game that I just think, um, you know, we're going to have a little bit too much for him. Obviously, you know, I, as I said, our structure in the forward line is is going to miss Dixon, but I think we've found a way, and, and certainly Ollie Lord has been a, a little bit of a breath of fresh air down there and playing, you know, playing a similar role and, and just, you know, bringing defenders with him and leading leading well, and uh, and kind of creating that little bit of disruption down there that we need, and then you know the small forwards down there as well. 
uh, is going to be good to have Junior Rioli back there, and he's going to be you know he's going to be fresh and hopefully um, willing and you know fresh and willing to go into battle a little bit and um, you know battle with their defense. It just isn't the same defense that it's been. They've still got some good players down there, like, you know your your, your Grimesies and and boulders and stuff like that, but it just isn't the defense it was in those premiership years. And even then, I always found like we we've always matched up pretty decently Richmond over those years, um, especially those last couple of, you know, premiership year and all that, you know, we had, a, you know, the heartbreaking loss at the, in the prelim, but, um, the game that we should have won. And then we, you know, beat them in the regular season that year as well. Um, so this is just a side that we've, we've come, you know, but they've always been close matches as well. You know, last year's at the G where we lost, uh, was a close one. Um, the year before was a Friday night classic and that we won with, I think it was the Robbie Gray kick in that one. So just a team that we've we've all, we've done decently well against without ever, ever you know dominating. But I think this is the kind of it'll be nice after last week to come out and and you know a lot of people are you know Port fans and I I understand myself uh, you have that kind of uh, worry cynicism you know the, oh we had a, such a big win last last week this is this is going to be the down game where we kind of let you know let it go a little bit and there is that worry to me as well you know you have a big big Friday night win and all the you know applaud it's coming down upon you um it's kind of the kind of game that could could lend itself to being a down game but to the contrary i actually hope we go over there and really back it up and and i do have a a quiet confidence that we can do that um and actually have a decent win here no i'm not talking to smashing i'm respect to you know due respect to richmond i think they'll battle but it's a game that if i was going to put you know a margin on i'd say you know 28 to 30 point win uh, it's kind of where i'm sitting with this one, um, just with where they're at, and you know, there is there's some talent through that side. Obviously, you know, Taranto's actually playing some pretty good footy. Um, obviously, Dustin Martin's finding his form again. But you know, one of the big things that we've struggled with at times with uh, with Richmond has been the the dual the tandem of um, of Tom Lynch, and and he's been a fantastic pickup for them since they he got there, and 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 Revolt obviously as well. Revolt's aging. He's not the same player. Um, he's still dangerous as a tall, and if he gets space and can lead into it, obviously. Um, but you know, not having to battle the dual, the tandem of Revolt and Lynch because Lynch is out with he's out for another. I don't think it was a season ender, but he was out for eight to twelve weeks. I think when when he did that injury early in the season. So he's out. Obviously, that Ben Miller that's come in is coming in as one of those tools to try to get some height in that forward line. But you know, and Dustin Martin, and, and they've got some exciting. You know, Jack Graham. You know, we <laughs> came into it Alberton last year. Um, Shy Bolton and, and Co down there, you know, there's got some dangerous smalls around the ground, and obviously, if it is a wet weather game, then there's going to be the same same hope that we have for our forward line as the hope that they'll have for theirs. Um, but it just seems like, especially the way our defense has been playing the last few weeks, our midfield has been supporting them. Um, obviously, Dylan Williams has been a revelation, and 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 so on. Uh, it just feels like the kind of game that, similar to last week that I actually, you know, I, I've actually been buoyed in confidence by how we handled the Melbourne forward line last week in, in those conditions as well. I think if we're looking at similar conditions and, and all that, then them scoring at a rate of knots is not going to be a massive problem with, for us. It's just going to be us taking advantage of our chances. And if we do a better job of that than we did last week, then I think what we see here, you know, last week, if we take advantage early of our opportunities and domination, then we probably win by four goals, you know, rather than, you know, because we, you know, we just let them off the hook for a little bit of time where if we'd had a bigger lead, then it doesn't mean we're coming from behind. Whereas I think this week is kind of a similar style game in the sense that 
as long as we take our opportunities, like you know, start start well, take our opportunities um, when they present it, and, and kick a little bit more accurately. You know, it's all the things that you say every week for a game, but particularly against this Richmond side, I don't see them being able to keep up. And and you know, they'll they'll fight and they'll be fucking. They've got good good players around the ground, but they're just not the side they were. So that's where I'm at on it. Um, I've been wrong more than I've been right probably over the journey. So who the fuck knows? <laughs> if you've been listening this far, I appreciate it anyway. Um, not much more to say about it, really. Uh, it's a nice little 8 o'clock game for, on a Saturday night for us over here in Los Angeles, so or 8.10 uh, to be exact. Um, Whoop-de-doo. Uh, so looking forward to having it at a nice nice hour rather than me having to pull an all-nighter like I did last week and then barely get any sleep and, and be... I think I slept most of Sunday after that because we... God, last week it was port on the Thursday in, uh, into early Friday or Friday, early Friday. Then it was Friday night, midnight movie, Inglorious Bastards at Quentin's Theatre. And then Saturday, we went out to the LA County Fair and ended up on the piss and only home at 2.30 in the morning. So Sunday, just slept half a day. <laughs> like, it was just three nights in a row of, 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 uh, of you know, just tying it on. Um, so, yeah, I mean, with that in mind, I'm excited for this one to be an 8 o'clock game. And I think our Hawthorne one next week before the buy is an 8.45 or 9 o'clock game as well. So couple of nice times for me to watch games at better hours to before the buy and then a few a few late ones after that again so which is good you know 250 kickoffs in the morning in LA while painful for me means Porter being put um, you know prime time spots so I don't mind it but I am looking forward to the next couple of weeks of uh, games at good hours anyway I'm just about to hit half an hour when I said 15 to 20 minutes so as I said at the start I'm never you know I'm never gonna hit I'm never gonna hit what I think um, but I've kept it just under half an hour. So thank you for listening as always. And, uh, hopefully, um, we're in for a good little, good little battle and, um, our eighth win in a row tomorrow night, um, or, you know, tomorrow during the day for you. Uh, thank you for listening. Calm the pair. <laughs>